Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today news is breaking out all over the place. The day after Thanksgiving, yes, a new two new lawsuits by Sidney Powell in Georgia, in Michigan, one new lawsuit by the Amistad Project in Michigan asking the state Supreme Court to invalidate the entire election. That's a dramatic ask. Uh, and then just a few minutes ago, the, a federal appeals court rejected President Trump's appeal, uh, as expected, in the Pennsylvania lawsuit challenge. And that means it's headed to the Supreme Court. To bring us all into focus, we're going to have in a few seconds here, uh, Steve Cortez, uh, one of the chief spokesmen for the Trump campaign. He'll be joining us on the podcast to give us the very latest. Steve is up to speed on all of the legal strategies, all of the legislative strategies, uh, everything in the court of public opinion that the campaign is doing. I expect we'll talk about the president's plans for next week. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw President Trump show up in some battleground states. Certainly, it seems as though after the federal appeals court ruling today, these litigations are now headed to the highest court in the land, the Supreme Court, where recently President Trump just put a sixth conservative on the court, Justice Amy Coney Barrett. We saw her flex her muscle Wednesday night late, just before Thanksgiving, when she cast a deciding vote in a uh, religious liberty case in which the Supreme Court struck down New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's religious institution restrictions uh, due to COVID. They said it infringed on the First Amendment right to uh, practice faith and a big win for uh, the faith institutions in the state of New York, a big loss for Andrew Cuomo, the first real sign of the impact of Amy Coney Barrett on the United States Supreme Court. All right, so folks, we're going to get to Steve Cortez in a few seconds. I just want to point out a couple of stories that have um, uh, broken on the Justin News site that are worth taking a look at. We mentioned all the breaking news. I really encourage you to take a look at that. One story I wanted to highlight is one I did uh, last night uh, after coming out of my turkey coma on Thanksgiving. I tried to help people remember just how far the Michael Flynn case has come over the last three years from him being a target and a convicted uh, uh, defendant in the Robert Mueller Russia collusion investigation to him being fully pardoned and exonerated by President Trump on Wednesday night. What I did is I tried to pull out the 12 or 13 most important developments, things that we learned way after he had been convicted that turned the case around, that showed that prosecutors and the FBI had engaged in misconduct, had hid evidence of innocence, had tried to concoct a case against Mike Flynn when they all agreed there was none. And when I mean all agreed, I mean Sally Yates, the FBI. There were so many people, the lead agent. And and the reason I pulled it together is that these developments were scattered over three years, one here, one there, very episodic. And when you put them all together in a singular list, you get the sense of the full weight of the government's misconduct, the full weight of the campaign to ruin Michael Flynn's reputation, his life, his criminal record. Uh, It really is a powerful set of documents. What I did is I did little summaries for each, and I gave you the original core documents so you could click down and read them yourselves. You can also go back to all the stories as they came out episodically that I and Sarah Carter and others wrote. Very important stuff. I thought it would be a good public service as one last way to put the Michael Flynn case to bed forever. It is one of the dark moments in the FBI and Justice Department's history, um, a sign that there was very little adult leadership under Jeff Sessions and uh, his team at the uh, Justice Department in the first years 
of the Trump um, presidency. Uh, certainly Rod Rosenstein really deserved the American public. When you go back and look at what happened beneath his uh, leadership and uh, the complete hiding of exculpatory evidence of innocence, very important stuff. I hope you get to take a look at it. All right, we're going to come back in a few seconds after this great commercial break to talk with the one, the only Steve Cortez. Yes, he's the chief spokesman for the campaign on legal matters these days, and he's going to bring us up to speed on all of the breaking developments on the election integrity front. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, somebody on the front lines of the election integrity lawsuit, Steve Cortez from the Trump campaign joins us. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, John, thanks so much. Ah, it's a pleasure to have you on. So bring us up to speed on all the things that have been going on in the campaign. You've got several lawsuits, uh, fighting hard, making presentations, legislative hearings. Uh, What's the latest that we should be looking to pay attention to? Sure. Well, listen, John, you know, we're really fighting on two fronts, and they're both sort of courts, so to speak. We're fighting in the court of public opinion, and that's more my arena because I'm not an attorney. Uh, I'm a communicator. And we want to make sure the American people, as, as best we can, are educated about what actually went on in this country on November 3rd. And I think the word is getting out, thankfully, because of people like you, organizations like Just the News. Uh, we can't rely on the legacy platforms and corporate media to tell the truth about the widespread fraud that was evident and is, and is increasingly becoming verified and validated by on-the-record people, including sworn affidavits, in addition to fraud, the constitutional issues, uh, which are very much in play right now, which are also being litigated in actual courts. But we want the court of public opinion to realize that what happened on November 3rd in a lot of states, particularly places like Wisconsin and, and uh, Pennsylvania and Georgia, was that they created illegally and unconstitutionally effectively two classes of voters, meaning people who showed up for example, in person, a lot right. of them being Trump supporters, we know, uh, were subjected to a lot of validation and verification and scrutiny, as they should be, by the way. Um, but then mailed in ballots by the millions across these states uh, were subject to no or virtually no validation or scrutiny or vetting of those votes. That is unconstitutional. We cannot create two classes of voters. You cannot dilute the votes of people uh, you know, who went through correct legal procedures to vote. Uh, so these are, these are really important issues that we continue to, to argue in front of the people, but also argue literally in front of courtrooms. And we now know uh, that because of the circuit court, uh, federal circuit court rejecting our petition for right now, that we will be appealing to the United States Supreme Court, which has always been where we wanted to end up. The sooner the better. We want to make these cases before the high court 
um, and we believe we have a compelling argument to make. And we saw the high court with uh, Amy Coney Barrett as the newest justice make a really momentous decision Wednesday night, just before Thanksgiving, on the uh, COVID restrictions against religious institutions in New York. So you can see the the impact of that uh, new 6-3 conservative majority. Um, What else is uh, on the horizon? Uh, First off, what was the impact, you think, from Wednesday's uh, hearing in the in the Philadelphia legislature, an opportunity for Rudy Giuliani, Jenny El- Jenna Ellis to make the case in front of lawmakers who are going to choose the electors. Well, what was the Trump campaign's analysis of how it went and what's the next step? Listen, I, I think that was really crucial. I really do, um, because we, we, we brought the case, you know, we physically went to Pennsylvania, which is important to make the case directly to their legislators uh, that they have a constitutional and solemn responsibility here that just because the secretary of state of a place like Pennsylvania and some of these other states, particularly where they have really corrupt Democratic state officials, just because they say the vote is certified is not the end of the story. The Constitution says otherwise. It's up to the legislatures. Right. Um, and so we, we want to know. Number one, we want to equip them with information, these these individual legislators. We want them educated and equipped on what actually happened in their own states. And then they need to make the very hard decision of whether or not, in fact, these so-called certifications are valid, because we believe in many cases they are not, again, in places like Pennsylvania. And, you know, this is not us doing, I think the corporate media wants to paint it as though we're trying to do some sort of end around, you know, or, 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 or this is somehow using a loophole. No, this is exactly what the Constitution prescribes and, in fact, demands. Um, it places that heavy responsibility upon the legislators, I believe, in at least some of these states. And I think this is important too, John. Obviously, those of us in the Trump campaign, we believe that we won the legal vote. And I think there are, there's a lot of statistical analysis to show the high, high probability that we actually won the legal vote. But here's the thing. Even if we cannot determine that, even if we can't reach, get the legislators to reach that conclusion and actually win in the Electoral College, or let's say we don't win a contingent election, which can happen, has happened historically with the House of Representatives by state chooses the next president. It's not right. optimal, but it is constitutional. It's happened. Even if we don't get that, John, I think it's important, number one, just for our country, that we reveal as much as we can about the fraud and irregularities that occurred on November 3rd. Number two, I think it's important for our movement, for the America First movement, even if we don't prevail. And I believe we're going to. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be pessimistic here. But even if we don't prevail and get Donald Trump sworn in for a second term, I think it's important for his movement, for the America First movement, um, that we as diligently and thoroughly as possible try our best in these coming weeks to reveal what happened. And if we can overturn even just one state, Um, and get it to not certify a Biden win because the vote was so tainted in a place like Pennsylvania, that alone would be a pretty massive win. Yeah, it would be historic, too. I mean, in in the president of the country, when you look out, uh, and I think the president's talked a little bit about this, but there are similar patterns in all of the Democratic-run battleground states where uh, election observers are thrown out, rule changes are made. Um, Do you think this is orchestrated? Is it all just coincidence that all of these states made the same changes uh, without legislative authority uh, heading into this election to take advantage of mail voting? You know, look, it sure doesn't seem like it's a coincidence, right? Uh, Now, how organized was it? I'm not entirely sure. I think we'll find out in time. I would tell you this, and this is not being, you know, this is not conspiracy theory stuff. I would tell you this. A lot of the chicanery, I think, can be directly tied back on to Mark Zuckerberg and his involvement in this election. Yeah. Now, he spent $400 million largely in these battleground states. Supposedly, it was to protect the integrity of the vote. Right. But if you look at the reality, and listen, look, a billionaire like Zuckerberg is absolutely allowed 
to spend a lot of money to try to get people to vote and to try to get people to vote his way. Okay, that is legal. Uh, Mike Bloomberg did it very unsuccessfully. Uh, Zuckerberg's allowed to do it. But what he did is very different. He wasn't just advocating for position. He effectively co-opted and almost, you might say, rented the public machinery of these states, meaning he was working directly with the election boards. He was actually literally paying some of the people counting votes. Now, he was supposedly doing it in the name of, quote, you know, ballot integrity or vote integrity. Right. But the reality is all of the actions that they were taking at the suggestion of Zuckerberg's organization were all favoring Joe Biden and many of them breaking the actual rules and laws of these respective states. So I can't answer that everything was necessarily centrally coordinated, but I will tell you this, where we see the most, uh, the, the most problems, we also see the most frequent intervention of the Zuckerberg uh, aspects and the Zuckerberg intervention in this election. So I think that's another place for us to look. Now, look, can we all uncover enough of that in the next few weeks? I'm not sure. Again, I think our strongest case, the campaign's strongest case, is the constitutional case. It's yeah. the 14th Amendment Equal Protection Clause because we don't need to even prove fraud. There, I think there is a lot of fraud, but we don't even have to prove fraud there. We can just prove that, look, these states effectively established two different systems between in-person voting and mail-in voting and county versus county. So, for instance, in Wisconsin, Milwaukee County, which Biden won by 145,000 votes. He only won the state by 20,000. So that's how important Milwaukee was for him. Milwaukee County was actively and aggressively, quote, curing mailed-in ballots, something they are not allowed to do legally. And that was not being done in other non-Milwaukee counties, in in more rural, more pro-Trump counties. And again, we we can't do that in America. You can't dilute uh, a vote from from Rhinelander, Wisconsin, you know, which is a more rural part of the state, sure. which is pretty pro-Trump, you can't dilute that vote by then, you know, ha- trying to quote help people to fix ballots in a place like Milwaukee. The when you look at the mainstream media, the corporate media, as you call them, the uh, Democrats, and even some of the establishment Republicans, how do you continue to message against their uh, claim? There's nothing there. Here it's it's, it's very just like right. it was in Russia collusion when it began to fall apart. How do you continue to, to get information around the, the chokehold of Twitter? I mean, there's a lot of things stacked against you in the court of public opinion. Right. What are you guys doing to, to get around those roadblocks and to get the American people the facts that you think they need to know? Yeah, well, listen, John, I'll be very blunt with you. It's not easy. It really isn't, you know, right? Yeah. And we certainly saw that, as you mentioned, with the Russia hoax for years in this campaign. We saw that with Hunter Biden, uh, with the laptop from hell, right. and all of the very serious, very easily provable allegations against uh, not just Hunter Biden, because I think he was really irrelevant, but against, quote, big guy Joe Biden. Mainstream media did a very good job. I mean, (laughs) good meaning an evil good job of simply avoiding, completely avoiding that story, just pulling a curtain in front of the American people with a lot of help from big tech. So to your point, listen, it's not easy, right? We are fighting big media. We are fighting big tech. We're fighting oligarchs uh, like Zuckerberg and like Bloomberg. We're fighting giant multinational corporations. Uh, But what we do have on our side, thank goodness, Um, are really animated patriot citizens out there. And so what we're doing is getting our our message out as best we can through our channels, you know, through uh, what we can do online, through news organizations like yours, um, like Real America's Voice on television that are willing to be honest and willing to take a critical look at this. And then we really need to depend, and and it's unfortunate that we have to depend on this because of corporate media, but we just do. We have to depend on our people being a, a force multiplier out there within their circles of influence. They need to be educated, and I encourage all your listeners out there who support the president to do this. They need to be really educated on these matters. They need to be ready to tell folks um, in their church, in their workplace, you know, wherever it is, wherever their circle of influence resides, uh, to try to educate people because they're not going to get it 
from CBS News or from the New York Times, unfortunately. Yeah, great point. Great point. Well, the word of mouth has proven so powerful in the, in the four years of the Trump movement or five years of the Trump movement. It's uh, remarkable how many things have gotten out and turned around, even though the mainstream media tried to suppress it. So it clearly has worked in the past. The, the timetable now, uh, uh, the next few days, when do you think we might see a Supreme Court ruling? Are there more legislative hearings you're planning to attend? What are the two or three things that we should uh, most next watch for as uh, news media members, as members of the public? Sure. Well, uh, you know, as far as the Supreme Court, I don't know, but obviously this is going to be as expedited as possible. I mean, you know, our campaign wants to go there tomorrow, right? So right, we'll go right. as soon as the court will allow. Um, but I would think that's happening next week. And then obviously the Supreme Court's very aware of looming deadlines for the Electoral College. Uh, we have a December 3rd hearing in uh, Nevada, which I think is very significant. Uh, we also are going to have next week a hearing in Pennsylvania, state court of Pennsylvania, not a federal uh, court, but the case brought by Representative Mike Kelly, who's not part of the campaign, of course, right. but certainly an ally of the president on our behalf. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of litigation in the next 10 days. The president has announced that he is physically going to Georgia. We're going to have events there. I believe there will be other events. I don't want to get in front of the president and announce anything yet, uh, but you can be pretty sure that there's going to be other trips to these contested states. And uh, so listen, there's a lot of work to do, and I'll be the first to concede, John, the battle is uphill from here, clearly, right. for Team Trump, but we are by no means out, uh, by no means. So you know, I want the patriots out there to feel emboldened, um, to feel engaged and activated uh, that, look, it's an uphill battle, but we had an uphill battle in 2016. We've had plenty of uphill battles and we've won. Uh, I believe we'll prevail. I believe that the president won the legal vote. I think the statistics show that it's not just my gut or my wish. The statistical evidence strongly argues that we did. We are going to do everything in our power to prove that both in courts of law as well as in the court of public opinion. Well, Steve, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to get us up to speed. It's been actually a pretty momentous holiday week and multiple lawsuits, filed, right. multiple court rulings. There's been no time to rest for those of you guys on the front lines. And I just want to thank you very much for coming to on our show and giving us a very important update on all the things that are going on. You bet. Thank you, John. All right, Steve. Take care. Good to talk to you. Folks, we'll be right back in a few seconds to wrap things up. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer, a beach bum summer, or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door, in as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, that wraps up a special Friday after Thanksgiving edition of John Solomon Reports. I thank you so much for listening. We kept it a little shorter today. We know you got Christmas shopping to do. Probably got to hit the gym after all of that 
Thanksgiving uh, goodies that we ate yesterday. I know I got them. Uh, and so we want to get you back to your daily work. We just saw the breaking news today, getting Steve Cortez aboard. We can bring you up to speed on all of the most important developments that have been happening around the country. We'll be back next week. I'll be on the road next week. And so I've asked my good colleague, Daniel Payne, uh, one of the great reporters here in Washington at Just the News, to take the realm, to take the uh, uh, seat for the week and uh, keep you up to speed on the podcast. I'll be back on December 6th with a whole new round of editions uh, with John Solomon Reports. But got a great person, a newsy person, someone who will do great interviews and bring you up to speed every day in my good colleague, Daniel Payne. We'll be back in a week. I wish you a blessed weekend. Thank you for listening. And I hope your Thanksgiving holiday weekend is all that you hoped it to be. God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon.